Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Greetings. And welcome to Conflict Radio. Today is September 8th, 2020, and we're going to be talking to Cisco Murdoch about ghosts and other strange things that go bump in the night. Cisco Murdoch has always been multifaceted in her approach to life a bartender, a floral designer, wire sculptor, jewelry designer, craftologist, business owner, soldier, empath sensitive and producer, host of Journey Through the Gate Paranormal Portal podcast. None of this taking precedence over being a mom of two sons. These paths have led her through and to multiple experiences with the paranormal, supernatural, and the uncanny. She resides near the Jersey Shore with her dear family, several fur babies, and at least one ghost. Now you can find her if you search YouTube Journey Through the Gate Paranormal Portal Podcast. You subscribe to her YouTube channel and check out her podcast. You can also find her on Facebook if you search Journey Through the Gate Paranormal Portal Podcast Gatekeepers. That's the group that you want to join if you want to join her group. So that being said, let's just get right down to the creepy and spooky and scary world of ghosts with Cisco right after this. Welcome back to Conflict Radio. We're with Cisco Murdoch. She is the host of Journey Through the Gate Paranormal Portal Podcast. She joins us today. We're going to talk about ghosts. Cisco, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I mean, the leaves are changing. I can smell a little fall in the air. You know, and seasons are changing, and I'm ready, man. This is spooky time, and this is my favorite time of year, man. Awesome. So you're, you consider yourself an expert on ghosts. I was wondering what intrigued you to get into uh, ghosts? You know, what, what got you into researching them? Well, first off, I don't consider myself an expert. I consider myself an experiencer and still learning every day. What got me, I just, I just think then the title expert in any of this is um it, it's it's 
not a good word to use because there's so many different levels of paranormal supernatural. And I think we really are honestly just learning. Even if you're having, say you have an experience every day, you might be an experiencer. You can tell the experience you had, at least how you perceived it. But as you go on through the years, you might look back and your perception changes on that very experience and you find out, wow, it might not have been that at all. It might have been this or, you know, it was for a different reason. And things keep switching. The bullseye keeps moving on this. It's hard to hit a bullseye. Um, and it's all really just theory, thought and experiences and talking to people. So with me, um, I started having experiences very young uh, that I could remember. And I was I wanted to know what was going on. You know, was I really seeing what I was seeing? Um, why was I seeing what I was seeing? You know, just basically what's going on. And then I think like a lot of people that get interested in this, it's either you had an experience you're trying to understand. Um, you're intrigued by it because it's the unknown, you know, and you want to know more about it or it scares you. And we all like to be a little scared, you know, um, or you've lost someone and you, you might not have had an experience, but you want to know that they're okay. Um, so what's on the other side of this? So that intrigues people and fear. Um, we're, you know, there's that great common denominator. We're all going to pass. We, mm -hmm. Nobody gets out of this alive and we want to know what's on the other side. So I'd say it's a combination of all those things for me. Well, I consider that an expert, I guess, if if, uh, <laughs> if that's all right. Yeah. So what was so, your first experience? Well, I would say probably not my first experience because I do have fragmented uh, things. But as a young child, that could have been anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The first experience that I would actually um, say that I recall most of it and other people were around and involved was when I was very young, I was about three, and I was uh, put in my, um, I lived at that point in time, I was still with my mom and my dad, and I had some sisters at home, and my brother, and this particular day, I was put in for a nap, I guess, in my mom's room, because it was on the lower, your mom and dad's room, and on the lower level, and a great big, huge bed seemed to me, mm -hmm. and um, I remember it vividly because she had a chenille bedspread and a chenille bedspread's got bumps on it. And I can remember something waking me up. I heard a sound and I remember like sitting up because your face feels funny when you fall asleep on something like that. You always get like the pock marks from the, you know, the impressions from the chenille bedspread on your face. And I was rubbing my face. I heard a crackling, like a popping crackling sound. And I remember trying to figure out where it was coming from. It was coming from the closet. And my mom had this big, uh, like almost like a walk-in closet would be, uh, and it had shuttered doors with the slats in it. And I was looking towards it, and I could hear it was coming from there, and I couldn't figure out what could be making that sound. And as I'm trying to figure out what's making the sound, there's a light that starts coming under the door, and then slowly through the slats, as it came up, it was pushing through more. So the light beams are coming through the slats, almost like it was growing inside the closet. And as the light's coming through, there's like a, a sparkling in the lights, like 
not like glitter, but like just like tiny little popping lights, you know, it was just weird. And the crackling got louder and then the popping got louder and overtook the crackling sound. And I'm just sitting there rubbing my face, looking at this is right in front of me. And this light just keeps pushing out of the closet, coming towards me. And as the light starts really pushing out into the room, the sparkling kind of started coming together and started to manifest a shape. And the shape just slowly starts moving into a shape I could recognize. And it was a face. And as the light's pushing towards me and this what's showing in this light uh, is growing and I can see it more clearly and it's definitely a face and it's got brown hair and uh, his eyes were closed and it's coming towards me and it's just a head. Mm-hmm. It cut off about the neck. There was no like blood, like a bloody head or anything. It was just, it just disappeared past the neck and it's getting bigger and bigger and coming towards me and coming towards me. And I'm just sitting on the bed looking at this. My Probably my eyes are bigger than saucers, you know, And then it just, once it started getting very clear, it was right in front of me. And then all of a sudden it opened its eyes in this like, almost like, um, I say it had red eyes, but it didn't have red eyes. It was like a red light, like an energy of redness was coming out of its eyes. And as soon as it did that, its mouth fell open like it was going to scream. But I didn't hear anything. And then I started screaming and it just kind of moved like it was going to go right at me. And I just fell back on the bed and it flew over me and disappeared into the wall behind me. And that was my first experience that I can really remember vividly. Now I'm screaming. I mean, just a little kid screaming. Oh my God, this thing. Now, as it flew over me, it's got this ponytail. It's he had brown hair, and he had it back in a ponytail behind its head. And it's flying behind him, so it, like, hovers over me, and this ponytail was the last thing that goes through the wall. And it, had a, it was tied back with a red ribbon, not a bow, just like a red ribbon tied, and it was fluttering with the, with the ponytail. And I start screaming. I'm screaming bloody murder. All of a sudden, all these women start busting into the room and, you know, pick me up like, okay, you had a nightmare. It's okay. She had a nightmare. They're talking amongst themselves like I'm not even there. And they pick me up and they're just, it's okay. It's okay. You had a nightmare, yada, yada. And they carry me off into the living room. Now, this is, the if that's not profound enough, this is, this is what cinched it for me. Now, they're talking amongst themselves. Take her into the kitchen, get her cookie, calm her down, get her a glass of water. And as I'm being carried toward the kitchen on one sister's hip, I hear my other sister say to my mom, Mom, she's saying red eyes, because I just kept saying red eyes, red ribbon, red eyes, red ribbon, red eyes, like I'm losing it, you know. And my sister says to my mom, Red eyes, red ribbon, mom, just like I saw. And even as young as I was, it clicked. She saw it too. She saw it too. And then it was over. You didn't speak about stuff like that. You didn't sit around the dinner table at night and go, so what'd you see today? I had a head come flying at me and I'd really like to know what's going on. Nobody spoke of it because my father was dead against any nonsense and he kind of had a heavy hand in that house, you know, and you just didn't stir up anything. 
And then years later, I found out that many people saw that very same ghost in that house in different ways, sometimes fully manifested in full body apparition, sometimes in, you know, little bits, um, you know, a hand here, a head here, I guess, you know, um, different things. But it took years for everybody to open up and start talking about that. So that was my first experience. How was that one? (laughs) That's pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's and that's the thing. Um, I think at a very young age, I mean, it, we weren't very long in that house, but I think that ghost um, also taught me something else because throughout different times that I saw him or you see him walking in the yard, see him just, you know, dissipi- dissipating as you walk into a room. Um, like you surprised him as much as he surprised you and he's just like poof gone, you know, and just dissipate sometimes slowly, sometimes very quickly. I always got this overwhelming sense of sadness um, and and longing and fear. And sometimes I'd get the anger first. I'd feel it. So I know I was going to walk in on something because I could feel that anger. And then other times it was just this overwhelming sense of sadness. And I started learning through life that I was also an empath. I'd pick up other people's feelings, um, living and dead. And uh, that's, you know, can be very daunting too, especially on a child. That's what a lot of people go through. They don't realize that the feelings they're feeling aren't their own. You're picking up stuff around you. And that's very hard to decipher, especially on a, on, on a, a young person, you know. So, so, so what do you think they that, are? Ghosts? Ghosts, yeah. If, again, not an expert, but, you know, I'm, I'm going on 50 years in, in, in looking for answers in this. And what I'm comfortable in saying is um, I believe that if we're talking about um, a ghost that was human, it is the essence of that human um, that is uh, has stayed behind for whatever reason. Now, that's a ghost to me. What I consider a spirit, and this is just my own little key of words here. What I consider a spirit is um, the essence of the human being, that, that essence that makes you you, that has crossed over and for whatever reason comes back to visit. Because there's a definite difference between the two. And, um, that's, like I said, that's just mine. I differentiate. And the reason I say so much ghost is it's kind of like, a um, a lingering, you know, somebody that still has earthly burdens, maybe stuck in their death state, what I call their death state, how they died or the, um, not just the way they died, but their, their thoughts and what their mind was going through at the time. Um, you know, their their um, concerns, you know, uh, whatever it may be. And all of that is still with them. All those lower vibrational things, if you know what I mean, on vibrations. Like um, you think of this. This is an easy way to put it. You've got fear, greed, jealousy, um, anger. All those things are very lower vibrational uh, emotions. And then you've got joy, happiness, love. Okay, those are higher 
vibrating emotions. And you can, you can test that yourself of, you know, how do you feel when you're sad or depressed and, you know, you're very low, you're very low feeling. And then you're happy and you're dancing or you're with somebody you, you know, you really like and everything is good and you're vibrating, you know, on a higher level and earth, you know, ghosts that are stuck or have, you know, made themselves stuck or um, don't understand. They may not even know they're dead. Um, they might just re be reliving um, how they died or something that they were going through bef right before they died. Um, all that earthly burden is still on them, and it's, it's a lower vibrational thing. But a spirit that's crossed over and gone, whatever it is you go through when we cross over or go into the light or whatever you want to call it, it seems that they go through something that kind of sheds that off. Um, what that is, I can't tell you. They can't tell you, it seems, because the ones that seem to come back and you start asking questions like, uh-uh-uh, you know, that's the last page of the book. You don't get to read that. You know, you have to find that out for yourself. But they do seem to be at a much higher vibration because all they want to come back and talk about is, I, you know, I love you know, um, they care about us and our grief and don't worry about me. I'm fine. You know, you're doing great. I can, I see what you're doing, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's all positive things. The ones that have crossed over and come back to communicate. So I know that's a long answer for what you asked me, but it's not a simple subject. Yeah. So do you think that like, let's just say for instance, somebody's using a Ouija board. Are they okay. actually talking to the ghosts themselves? That, that are stuck here, or can they actually communicate with other things that have already crossed over? Or, or both? I'd say it's both. And a great big question mark. Okay, here's the thing. You pick up the phone, and you dial a number. You don't know whose number. You just pick up the phone, and you dial a number. And somebody answers. Who are you talking to? They might tell you, hi, uh, is this Joe? Uh, yeah, this is Joe. Uh, what do you want? You know, yeah. is it Joe? Because now, is it possible? Is it possible to communicate with a ghost that's in the room or a ghost that's connected to you or somebody you've called in because you've connected into their energy? Absolutely. I think it absolutely is possible. Yes. And, you know, through a series of questions and communication, could you at least be on a scale from one to 10 around an eight that you're actually talking to that person, you could probably get to an eight, but what if they're just a really good liar? <laughs> I know human beings that are alive that are really good liars. So, you know, I, I don't know that that's a definite, nothing in this is a definite. Well, yeah, of course, you know, and, you know, and I think you could do just as much with a pendulum or, you know, drawing letters on the floor and using a glass. If that if 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 a ghost or a spirit or an entity wants to communicate with you, absolutely, that could happen. But are you talking to that person? That's always a question. Um, do I think it's absolutely possible? Do I think that I've had visitations from people that who were absolutely who they were? Yes, I do. I have one that I'm a hundred percent, you know, if, if I, if I'm going to say I'm a hundred percent, but if I'm wrong, it's, it, it, it would be the absolute 
doozy of a, of, of a pull. They pulled one over on me because when she came to visit me, she smelled like her. I smelled her before she showed up. She felt like her. The love and the warmth, it started within me before I ever saw her. Now, people would tell you, and many religions do, and I'm not saying anything against those. You know, I mean, you're free to believe whatever you want to believe because we're all on our journey, our own personal journey. We may not be ready for certain information, not just on this subject, but other subjects as well. And, you know, to be able to handle information of any kind. So you might not be in your place in your journey to understand, you know, but when you have somebody and you smell them and it's like, my God, that's what her hair smelled like when I hugged her. You know, this is the feeling I have when she's around. If that's a demon, I don't know how anything that evil could come across with that much love. I just don't see how that's possible. Now, could a demon come through and pretend to be somebody else and they just show up and it looks like them and it might say some things that it's pulling out of your head or something that it knows about you, your deepest, darkest secrets? Absolutely. I think that's true. I, I believe that's true. And uh, but I don't think it could pull off that kind of love. I just don't think they're capable. I think they're capable of all kinds of evil. But love, I don't think they can get close to it. That's just my thought. Yeah. That's my own personal theory. So if you have a ghost in your house, is I've heard stories like, oh, well, you can use sage or you know things like that to, to ward it out. Does that stuff work? Yes. But let me use something that's a little closer to the time. Using sage, yes, and multiple, you know, multiple cultures have used this thousands of years, um, multiple different herbs for many different things. Um, religions, you know, Catholics use a, a mixture of herbs uh, when they, you know, do mass and things like that. That's what's in the ball that they're swinging around that they're burning. Or incenses, too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So there is a cleansing um that that is within that herb and i can't explain i'm native american myself and burning white sage mixed with sage grass or palo uh, you know alto wood or or anything like that there's a definite um thing that the herb itself is doing okay there's a cleansing there something that they don't like and it seems to be the more negative the ghost or spirit or entity might be, the more they hate it. And it works on humans, too. I've seen many hurt. I actually dated a guy once and said, man, that stuff's awful. I can't be in a room with that. And I'm like, now we have a problem. You got to go. Because <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is. I'm warding you off, too, buddy. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, you're really not uncomfortable with it. Yeah, it's making me just like, okay, well, maybe we should rethink this. Because he was extremely agitated agitated by it wasn't he just didn't like the smell so i'm like okay something's up you know yeah but well, yes and i totally believe in that and um but it's also your intent and what you put into it as well there's there's a ceremony to it and you also have to believe in it you know i've gone in and i've cleansed you know many houses the first thing i ask the person who's that's their space the homeowner or the business owner or whatever that's their space i have to ask them 
where are your beliefs? Do you have any faith beliefs? What are you comfortable with? Because we add that into it. It's not just mine. It's theirs. It's their space. So I think it's, it's movable like that. But it's also maintenance. You can't do it once and that's done. It's a maintenance. It's a process. And it's not just a process of doing it. You're, you know, doing burning the sage and you put it down and you leave it. There's a thing. There's there's a way you have to do. It. You have to open the windows. You have to push it out. You're pushing it out. You're not just running it around the house. But it's also the same as, you know, using uh, smudging is what it's called. So smudging a house to keep it clean is like using hand sanitizer and never washing your hands. It's, it's, it's a temporary thing and it's a maintenance thing. You have to continue to do it, but you need to do the whole thing. Do I think it works? Yes. Now you might not get rid of the entity. You might just push them out. Depending on what you're working with, them ghost, whatever. You, you might be working with something that was never human and that's, you know, you better have a little bit more than just sage because you're just going to make it mad. But there's more to it. But I've seen people use that and this one guy I was talking to, he said, well, it didn't work because the ghost, instead of showing up in the bedroom, it just showed up outside at the window. <laughs> I'm like, well, it worked. It didn't say it was going to get rid of it. Yeah, you know? I, I guess. That, that, yeah. yeah, it pushed it out. And it, it wasn't going to come in until everything kind of wore off a little bit. It's going to wait. It's got all the time in the world, and then it's going to pop back in. It's a maintenance thing. You've got to keep it up. You know, that makes sense. And the and the chalk around the door, I guess. There's all those things. There's yeah. salt. There's you know, you put the salt around it. There's black salt. There's all kinds of different things. And I believe that multiple things have that um, effect and how you use them. But you're part of that. I mean, if if you're going to try to fight something. It's just like anything. If, you, if you're going to go into a battle, you better have the right weapons and you better know what you're fighting. You better know your enemy if that's what you're doing. You know, you can't play at that. I mean, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to just recite a prayer over and over methodically without believing in the words you're saying, you might as well just throw a slipper at it. You know what I mean? But if you're going, if you're trying to get rid of something that's bothering you, the best thing to do is find out a little bit about what it is so you know what you're fighting. You see what I mean? Or else you could just be just making it worse, you know. And I think that happens a lot. Um, you know, and it doesn't just think about it this way. Ghosts were people, too, or are still people, depending on how you look at it. Right. Yeah. Human beings, human beings. How many different people do you know have you met in your lifetime? Many, right? More yeah. than 10. Yeah. Okay. Were any of them exactly alike? Not exactly. Okay. They had similar things. You know, they might have had, you know, the, the, the way they appeared. You know, they walked up on two feet or wh whatever. They had similar features, similar things they breathed in and out. They probably had, you know, blood running through their veins and stuff like that. But after that, the characteristics of the human beings change, you know, some are angry, some are just jerks, you know, some are extremely nice. I mean, everybody's got different characteristics. Ghosts don't change because they die. Okay. If you, I don't know if you're allowed to, I'm going to try something here. You can always beep it out, but something I've always liked to say 
to try to put perspective on the thing. If you were an ass when you were alive, you're going to be an ass soul when you're dead. You know? An you ass soul. I like that. And you're not just going to, and I don't mean that as disrespectful, but I know a lot of jerks, you know? Now you take that person if you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Didn't deal with life very well. They were angry and grumpy and just, you know, whatever. And then something happens to them and they're not real sure what's going on. So their perspective is a little bit different. Okay. They may not even know they're dead conflict. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They may not even know they're dead. Some ghosts, it seems that I've found through, through all this, there's different categories. We love to put everything in categories because it's easier for us. If we take everything, we could kind of put it in a file cabinet. Stephen King loves to use that in his books and his, and uh, a lot, a couple of his movies where in our minds, we have these file cabinets and it's just all over the place. And we, we put all our little memories and our thoughts and our, our little theories there. Well, when you to do that with ghosts, it's like, okay, well, that was a full apparition of a ghost. Looked just like the lady that used to live in that house. I saw her in the yard. That's a ghost. It's her. I'm going to put that here. That's, that's the dead lady that lived in that house. I just saw her. That's that ghost. Okay, wait a minute. Now it's going to go into another category of, did you see her? Is she a ghost? Or did you see... Um, an emotional time that she was having that put so much emotion and energy in that moment that it's just a almost like a, um, an imprint of that moment. And she's crossed over. She's got nothing to do with this plane anymore. She's gone. You know, she's doing the next thing. You just maybe saw. And that's what I call like a residual. Some people call it a repetitive you know, go. Some people just call it an imprint. So there's all these different categories. So if you're dealing with a human spirit who has passed that is staying in, say, a house or where they had their car accident or they, they're hanging at this bar they really liked and that's where they wanted to stay, you're, you also have to figure what are they seeing? Not only why are they still here and what do they want, what are they seeing? There was a movie um, not too long ago. I don't know. Uh, it was called The Others. It was very interesting because as you're watching it, you're not a, realizing. It was a great movie, by the way. Yeah. You don't realize you're watching it from the perspective of the ghost. Those ghosts actually thought, actually, well, the main character 
she actually thought that people were haunting her house, that the people who lived there were, were ghosts. She was stuck in her own thing with the kids and the keys and the doors. And her husband kept coming back from the other side to get her to listen. And she was just not having it. She was not understanding what he was saying. I've had experiences like that. I was in a home uh, working with a couple other people. And they were having this, what you would call... I think that's so odd when you hear this, this these days. We're like, oh, we have a ghost. He's a friendly ghost. His name is Harry. He died in the car, whatever, and he's still here. And every once in a while, we see him hanging at the, the kitchen table. It's no big deal. We live with it. Everything's cool. Okay, hold on. Ghosts aren't pets. You know what I mean? And, you, you know, a lot of people, you're fine coexisting with that ghost. Well, have you sat down and discussed that with a ghost? Does the ghost, you know, where's the ghost choice in this? Is the, does the ghost know it's dead? Does it know it has free will? Does it know it doesn't have to stay? If it's choosing to stay and it's making that conscious decision, cool beans, you know. But if that ghost is stuck and it doesn't know how to communicate with you other than banging on the table or opening cabinets or whatever their energy is doing, sometimes that's just energy burst, um, you know, it, it's, it, might, it might not be okay with Harry. You know what I mean? And it might not be Harry. You know, <laughs> it's just like, I love people who go in there and go, Oh, that's June. You know, she, she was four year old girl and she died of, you know, scarlet fever. And we see her all the time. But let me tell you something. I have walked in with some heavy duty mediums and psychics. that have more, more knowledge and more abilities than I will ever hope to have, you know, and I walk in there with them. And we're sitting at the table, and I'm going, really? And the, the owner's like, oh, yeah, she's so cute, and she's just it's so sad that, you know, she died up there in that room, and we just put a little doll on the bed for her, and she's just one of the family. Really? Let me tell you something, lady. Sally? Sally's crossed over. That's no little girl. <laughs> and the mediums are like, right, you should see what I'm seeing. You know, because... Things have the ability to appear as they wish you to see them. I was actually, it wasn't that house. It was another one where there was a medium, a, a psychic medium, and a lady who had this just amazing ability, uh, you know, psychometry to touch things and get pictures. And we were all trying to figure out stuff, what was going on. One of the mediums saw the uh, ghost as uh, a man about in his 20, 25, you know, and he was angry and he was kind of disheveled, but it was a man. The other one, he was projecting to the other one as a, a young boy. And the other one was just getting this just overwhelming anger and just, you, you, she would, I hate hesitate to say evil, but she was getting those kind of vibrations. But all she saw was just this black mass. And it was all the same. It was all the same guy. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So putting these things in file cab, you know, in little file, neat little file things is, is very hard. And that's why it's also hard to say somebody is an expert. Um, because I don't think you can be in this. Because as soon as you think you've got something, you've got, pow, you got that bullseye, the whole thing moves on you. It's, it's, it's one thing, it, it's like one thing at a, you know, at a time. And then you've got that great question of, 
you know, are we just seeing something in our minds, you know, you know, and then you could back off and go, we could all be in this like video game and all be avatars and none of this could be real. So, you know, it's just, it's very odd, but I'm very comfortable. Um, as I, like I said, in my book, I'm, I'm comfortable on saying a couple things. I very rarely say, I know I'll say, I think, or at this time, this is my theory because you, you, you like it shifts, but there's some things that I know and what I know is, and I'm very comfortable with saying that I think love is the strongest energy in this whole experience we have here in, in this, in this universe, in this dimension. Well, I think so that's it's all about being in the light. Yeah. I think it's the strongest energy and I think it, Oh, and I think it, it, it lasts forever. I think if you lose someone, whether it be a pet friend, an acquaintance, somebody that you might've changed their life and have no idea that you touched them, you know, in a way that, that, that lasted, that lasts, that goes through, that and that uh, that lives on. It really does. And it's a connection. You're connected into that energy, and they're connected into yours. And I believe that when you think of a loved one, they think of you too. And in that moment in time, you're connected. Because how many times have you thought of something, like thought like a loved one that's passed, you've thought of them, and then their favorite song comes on the radio, or you walk into a store and their favorite song comes on the music that's playing, you know, and you just get those goosebumpy feelings. And it's almost like, you know, the energy runs through you and you almost feel like a hug, you know, that's them. Yeah. That's, and, uh, yeah. Now, now why can't we be haunted by people that we want to be haunted by? <laughs> Doesn't that always kind of suck? We, we always get the ghosts that we don't know or, or we, or we, you know, don't want. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think that's probably true in some cases. I think in other, in others, we do get those little, um, messages. I mean, how many people that you know of, or maybe yourself has had, uh, what I call a visitation dream. A lot of people do. Um, it's different. The dream is different. It's like more vivid. It's, um, crisper the colors are brighter you can smell you can sometimes you can even taste things and somebody pops in in this like crazy dream that you're having and you know they just seem to let you know usually telepathically without moving their mouth you you'll hear a lot of that where they they stand there and you hear their voice but you're looking at them and they're just smiling or whatever you know not in a creepy way but a loving way i'm just here to say i'm okay you know, I'm just here to let you know, you know, that I've passed. It might be somebody miles away that just passed, you know, come by to say goodbye. Yeah. Um, I've seen, I've had that with pets and stuff too. And you wake up and you just know it was more than a dream. And you, it just leaves you feeling, you know, a little confused and sometimes startled, but usually with a good feeling. So, you know, uh, I think that's part of it. The other part that I find very interesting is something I've just been learning over the past couple of years is that sometimes we'll see something. Here's an interesting short little story that kind of explains this a little bit. Um, there was a, a gentleman, he was an actor and um, one I really uh, like a lot. And uh, he was staying on location to sh shoot a movie and shoot a film in a little town. And they put them all up in this hotel. So anyway, it was an old hotel. 
So he's in this hotel and he's a really great dad. And he had a couple little girls and his wife and he just missed everybody, you know, and he just, you know, talked to him every night. He just wished he could be there. And he was up there for like about three months. It got to be long, you know, really missed his kids and his family. So that was something that was very right in front of his feelings, his emotions, very strong in that area. That's the energy he was giving off. So he keeps seeing, getting woke up in the middle of the night, and there's this young girl standing at his bed, and one time over by the window, and then there was like some knocking on the door. He opened it, and then later on he goes back to bed. She's standing next to the bed again, and this kept happening periodically through his stay. It was freaking him out. So about the third or fourth time, he finally mentions it down to the manager at the manager's desk when he was going to, for a shooting um, at, on the film. And he says to them, uh, it, it explains to the manager, he's like, did anybody ever, you know, this old hotel, you know, any little girls or anything like that? Well, the manager jumps right in. He goes, oh, yes, we don't like to mention it. He said, but there was a little girl who lost her life and. She um, she was bouncing a ball down the stairs, you know, like 50 years ago, whatever. And she fell and she broke her neck and she died and, you know, and said her name, whatever. And he said that you must have seen her and, you know, we're sorry for the inconvenience. We can change your room and all that. He was like, no, 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 no. Then he felt bad. Now he feels bad for this little girl. He's a great dad. He misses his kids. He feels bad for the little ghost girl. You know, who wouldn't? So he moves on and he that's what he went through the next 10 years thinking that he had seen this little girl that fell down the stairs. Well, he gets with somebody who really knows what they're doing as far as being a medium and a psychic and, you know, the real deal. And they go back through this and she goes back to the location that she's talking to him and she goes, hold on a minute. That little girl's crossed over. I've got her energy. She's crossed over. She's fine. Now, let's figure out who you saw. Who he saw was a little girl who had died next door in a building that was, you know, uh, apartments at one time, you know, like kind of a shanty apartments. Well, her and her little brother, who was a little older than her, um, were living in an apartment and her parents were drug addicts and they left the kids alone a lot and it was cold. And the boy tried to light the stove. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To keep them warm because the parents hadn't been home for a couple of days. And it caused a fire. And to protect the little, his sister, they hid in the closet and they died there. This little girl wanted her parents, wanted love, was seeking 
that kind of protection and that kind of energy. And because she was wandering outside of the building and around wherever they wander, she felt that energy coming from this man and hooked into it, a total stranger. She recognized the emotion. He loved his kids. He missed his kids. He was depressed and she was depressed and he, she hooked into that energy and she just wanted to be part of it. That's a, a ghost. Yeah. It might not have anything to do with you other than the emotion you're putting out. So when people tell you that like attracts like, that's what they mean. So if you're, if you're angry and depressed and putting out a lot of negative stuff, you're going to, you're going to draw some negative things. But if you're putting out the other, you're going to draw that. That's very interesting to me. Now we were, we were talking to a guy uh, on the podcast not too long ago, uh, Doug Van Dorn. He said that demons are the ghosts of the angel human hybrids the giants he said he said the giants are are angel human hybrids and demons are are really their ghosts now what do you think about that theory wow that's a that's a mindful isn't it yeah have you heard I, that before i can't i can't discount that i can't discount it and i can't you know really add or detract from that all i can say is it's possible have it's you, possible have you I had think- any encounters with demons um, probably. See, it's hard to tell because, like I said, things can manifest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you. All right. I'll tell you one. You want to hear one? This is probably one of the sc- I've had a lot of scary things happen to me. But I was, uh, I mean, asking you that, it kind of brought it right to the surface. Um. As far as your question on whether I agree with that or disagree, I don't either because I don't know enough about that. I haven't studied that, but I I can't um, disagree with it either because I think there's a lot of things out there we don't understand. I mean, there's ultra-dimensional, you know, extra-dimensional. You hear that one too. I think those are both really the same. You know, it's like more than one dimension, and I think they can move in and, and some can move in come and go as they as they please yeah and let's not forget about the ghosts of aliens i mean yeah i mean through portals or whatever i mean it's just all of that i've had people um on battlefields trying to rescue um soldiers that have been there 150 years and he swears to me three people standing there six of them there but only three of them saw it that there were both demons and entities that that fed on the anguish and fear and um, pain of the soldiers that were going through their loop and just continuing their in their death state, just this continuous loop of just repeating how they died over and over again. And they're feeding off of it like vampires, like just energy vampires, just sucking in all that grief and anger and death. And they were fighting them to not release and cross these and, and get their conscious consciousness back of these ghosts so they could understand you don't have to stay here. This is over. The pain can be over. We just need you to focus so we can get you crossed over. And they were fighting them and aliens were standing with them. Wow. So explain that. 
So once you start realizing and learning things like that, everything is just like, I don't know, you know, it's like anything is possible. So, you know what I mean? You just have to run it through your filters. I had an, an elder tell me once, you know, we were just talking about, you know, all kinds of things like religion and spirituality and everything else. And he looked at me, said something so simple, but so profound. He said, anything you take in life, first you run it through your mind, your common sense, and then you run it through your heart and then you do it again. And that's how I approach this subject. You know, if I have somebody standing in front of me that is just energy, they're just energy and the emotion that's coming off of them is just pure love. You know, I've met angels, met them and the love and the light. I mean, I can't even love doesn't even cover it. The emotion and just just the just the sheer goodness and just ultra joy you feel. So well, you got to tell us that story. Well, that was multiple. One was when my son was in uh, ICU and uh, they didn't think he was going to make it. And they don't tell you that on the phone, you know. And so that's a lot for, you know, mom to go through. You get, you know, your son's been in a car accident. You got to get on a plane. He's five states away. And then you show up. It's like, okay. All right, get me in the door. Here's my, you know, you have to go through all this stuff to get into the ICU door, past the guards and everything. And as soon as I walked by, took a deep breath and I'm like, okay, you know, I know I'm not walking in here alone. You know, I have to be prepared for anything, you know, and, and I mean, it, just what I went through was just like a complete personal thing. It's not about me. This is not about me. This is not about, you know, I'm not walking in here alone. Whatever's supposed to happen is going to happen. It's my job to get him through. This is his journey. And then I learn from this journey, too. And sometimes our journeys converge and you're learning together. I had to be prepared for one or the other. But I had to be prepared that in my world and in my thoughts, we're going to get through this one way or the other. You know, just what can I do to help? And that's a lot for a mom to do. And I'm walking in there and I just... I almost felt like my feet weren't hitting the floor and I just kind of glided in and I took everything in and I'm like, okay, I'm here. You touch his hand, you kiss whatever they'll allow you to touch, you know, because you're, he's all bandaged up and broken, you know? Yeah. And, uh, okay. After first initial shock, give me the rundown. What's going on? What are we dealing with? What are we, what's our main triage, the whole situation? Okay. And, about the second time, because they try to push you out of the room so they can do their thing. And, you know, I didn't go far. The whole time I'm just I'm saying my prayers. I'm like, okay, what do you need me to do? I'm like, okay, I need help. I need help. I need all of his angels. I need all my spirit guides. I need his spirit guides. I need everybody in the, sa- in the room. Let's all communicate here. What are we doing? I mean, that's how I talk to them. Yeah. And I'm like, Mike, come on, I need you, you know. And I'm talking to Archangel Michael. I'm like, man, come on. You know, we've been through all kinds of stuff together. I said, I need you to know me. I'm not going to get him. I'm not going to. You can't prevent something that's supposed to happen. If that's their life choice, this is their life choice. It's, it's a learning process. All this is. But still, it's such an emotional thing for anybody, you yeah. know. And I said, well, I need you. So right after that, 
I get to go back in. And after that, I, I mean, very rarely did I ever leave his side. I slept on the floor under him and uh, for almost 40 days. So right after that, I got to go in and the nurse is telling me, she says, he's in a coma. He's probably not going to come out of it. For, it could be days, could be weeks, could be an hour. You know, brain's a funny thing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows I'm here. People are in a coma. If anybody ever tells you that they can't hear you, I'm going to tell you right now. This is what you remember earlier. I said one of the things I know, some things I think, some things I know. This is one of the no ones. I know it. They hear you. You talk to that person like you would talk to them if they were awake. And you keep talking to them and you keep loving them. Don't you ever let anybody tell you different. This isn't the only experience I've had with this or other people. So I'm talking to him and the lady comes in and she's trying to get a reaction out of him. And she's, she's talking. I said, well, okay, for, all right, ma'am, I know you're doing your job, but this is my son. First of all, that's not what we call him. We call him this use his correct name. What do you want him to do? She says, I'm trying to get him to respond. If I could just get him to squeeze my hand or do something else, it would be good. I said, hold on a minute. I grabbed his hand and I said, honey, it's mama. Squeeze my hand. He squeezes my hand. I said, there you go. I stopped yelling at my kid. <laughs> and she left. It's okay. The nice one comes in. She says, well, we want to fix him up a little bit. You know, can you go for about 20 minutes, give him some privacy? I won't leave him. And I said, okay, great. I'm going to go downstairs and make phone calls. I said, hang on a minute. I need to talk to him. This is exactly what I said to him. I grabbed his hand and he squeezed. And I said, it's mama. You know, I'm here, right? And he tried real hard to, like, smile with the corner of his mouth he still had left. And I said, baby, I said, I'm going to have to leave this room for about 20 minutes, but I will be back. Don't you for a second think I won't be. I'm not leaving you. And I said, but as I leave, I can feel in this room. I said, all of your spirit guides of mine, everybody that's passed that loves you, they're all here in this room. I can feel the love. Everybody is around you trying to heal you. The rest is up to you. You got to want to live. You got to, you got to fight. And I said, but when I leave here, I'm not leaving you alone. I said, I actually made a joke and I said, now I'm sure one or two of your spirit guys are probably in a bar somewhere in Jamaica having a real strong drink because they've earned it. But the rest of them are here in this room with us right now. (laughs) And uh, I'm not leaving this room. It's filled with angels. I can feel it. And your loved ones. So uh, I'm going to leave you in their care for a minute. Is that okay? And he tried to smile with the corner of his mouth. He squeezed my hand a little bit. I said, okay. I look up, and the nurse has got a tear rolling down her face. And I said, now you take good care of him. I'll be back. I go downstairs, and one of the people that, that loves him a lot couldn't be here, couldn't be there. So they wanted to say, I said, look beautiful hospital here's a picture of the hospital a picture of the fountain and the beautiful trees it was july and the crepe myrtles are blooming and i, I said this is as close as i can get you because i wouldn't take any pictures of them. that's yeah, it, there was yeah. nothing going to be done until until he could say it could be done so i took a picture of his window and as i take a picture of his window something falls on my back it's okay weird felt like a bug and I think, okay, well, I'm standing under the crepe myrtle tree, so it's probably one of the buds or one of the flower blooms or something. So, you know, I finished. I took another picture, and I dropped something when I took the picture I had in my hand, and it was a, a lighter. And I bent down to pick it up, and 
that's when it hit me. And I, ugh. And I stood up and I shook my shirt and something hit the ground. And I look and it's a quarter. And like I said, I talk to my angels and my spirit guides all the time. And I like, look, guys, man. I said, quarter? I said, because anytime you get a quarter or you get change or something like that, always look at the date. It means something. If it's, Especially if it's an odd thing or just, you know, money, pennies from heaven kind of thing. So anyway, that's just one of my things. So I said, if I look down, and I'm saying this out loud, because I'm a crazy person. And I looked down the corner. I said, if that's his birth date, I said, I'm going to pass right out. You're going to have to call 911. I've had enough, you know. <laughs> and I made a little joke, and I laughed, and I went to pick it up. It was cold. And I mean cold. And this is July in Alabama, you know. And I'm like, cold quarter. And I'm like, all right. And I flip it over, and I look. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's 1993. His birthday is 1992. And, I, and so any, anyway, I said, well, you guys got it as close as you could. And I laughed. I put it in my pocket. And I went upstairs. <laughs> now I'm ready to go into ICU. And I'm flicking through the pictures because I'm sending the pictures to the person who couldn't be there. And I look. And the picture that I took when I got hit with a quarter with one year from his birth date on it, a beautiful picture of white light. It was no, the sun was going down. It was a completely different spot. There was no lights on. There wasn't any flash on the picture, on the thing. I was three floors down. Okay? There was nothing. And it's a perfect picture of what you would think Archangel Michael looks like. With the wings and behind him, multiple people. I'm like, okay. I'm like, right away. That's the first feeling you get. Always go with the first intuition you get. Don't talk yourself out of it yeah well i go back inside and i could just feel everything just the emotion that was there it was almost like when you were walking to that room where before it was very cold and very medical feeling and smelling and everything just smelled like flowers and it was just not too sweet just not just right and just an amazing amount of love. That young man, and I, I did some things. I did some uh, with a very close person to me, asked her if she'd walk in with me. And I said, listen, he's getting a lot of prayers said for him all around. Every religion, every from Wicca, pagan, Catholic, synagogue, everywhere is praying for him. Let's gather all that energy and put it right on him. And we did so. We gathered it in his name. And we put 
those prayers on him. And I said, bring all that energy right here. And I said, you heal this kid. You heal this kid as much as you can. He went from the medical paperwork showed the doctor that looked and took x-rays on him in that day. He went from a 15% chance to an 85% chance, and the doctor couldn't understand how it happened. Hmm. That's love. And he's okay That's now? Awesome. He's fantastic. That's awesome. He, yeah, he's going to run in the uh, the Brain Alliance, uh, the, excuse me, the Brain Awareness uh, Marathon. It's been three years, oh, and they still can't cool. figure out. They still can't figure out how it was healed. Now, why him? I don't know. Faith? I don't know. Love, I don't know. Combination of all those things, I don't know. But I've felt love. I know, I've I've felt angels, and I got a ride from one once. That was insane. All but right. uh, well, hey, uh, we're gonna take a break here for a minute. When we come back, I want to talk to you about your book. You you mentioned it just a second ago. Uh, we are <laughs> all children in the wilderness of the afterlife. A guided tour through a haunted life. It's with you and Steve Stockton, correct? Yes. All right. So we're going to talk about that in our break. We'll be right back on Conflict Radio right after this. Welcome back to Conflict Radio. We're with Cisco Murdoch. She just sent me a, a picture of the picture she was describing. And uh, why don't you tell us what we're going to see? Because I'm going to put that on the website, conflictradio.net. If you scroll down right on the right on the homepage, you'll see a link for pictures talked about in shows go to the episode number that this is and you'll be able to see the picture why don't you tell us what we're seeing right well the picture i put it myself in a split because i was uh, on another show and i wanted them to see it so i took the one picture that you see on the left is it it would have filled your whole screen okay it wasn't you know uh i did the split that's two pictures together so the picture on the left is the bright light or whatever you want to call it. Could be, you know, an angel, could be a message. Maybe it's just something that my guides or my loved ones wanted me to see to give me hope. I don't know. The picture on the right is where I was standing and how far I had to look up to get the third floor window from outside on the sidewalk by the street. So I did it that way so you could see. There's no way at that angle I could have gotten a sun splotch on the window or whatever. And when you look, if you can blow up the picture, if you look at it, you'll see in the window, the only thing that you were getting, there wasn't no glare or anything else. You could almost see in, and that was like the back of his bed and his IVs hanging. So it wasn't anything in there that would have given that kind of reflection. And I didn't use a flash, so... All right, and, and just so everybody knows again, you can see that if you go to conflictradio.net and scroll down on the homepage, you'll see a link for pictures talked about in shows. And then when you hit that link, just scroll down to the episode number. It'll, it'll be right on the top if you're listening to this recently. So yeah. let's uh, let's talk about the book. I, your son, he, he's okay and everything. He's, he's going to be running that marathon, so that's awesome. But, but I do want to talk about the book a little bit. What is your book about? Pretty much well, what we're about, talking about, right? Yeah, well, it's my, yeah, it's my experiences. It starts out, explains a little bit about what, you know, where I am, like I told you, as far as, you know, ghosts, the difference between ghosts and spirits, what I feel. Because um, I just think spirits is a little bit more freer. 
ghost to me is something that's kind of stuck in that this place spirits have moved on they might come back they often do but um talks about that talks about my different experiences not just with ghosts but with other things i've seen and the reason i wrote the book is this steve stockton who also is in there with me um He's a fantastic guy, and he does a lot of uh, uh, other people's stories and legends and um, a lot of his own experiences, too. And we once we met, um, we found out we had a lot of things in common. And one of his things was he, he had experiences throughout his life, too. And he's also an empath, and he's also a sensitive, and he also has the ability to communicate and things like that. Very, you know, similar to mine. And... The one thing we really had was when we have conversations, I'll tell a story and then he has a memory of a story that's similar or other experiences and thoughts on it. So he's the one who pushed me to write the book because I never wanted to be that person who is on one of these podcasts or, you know, or interview or something that says, read the book, read the book, send the book. And I thought about it and he really convinced me and he said, well, when, when you pass, they're going to die, you know, basically with you, nobody will hear these stories. And you were searching all your life for answers. And he said, we really don't have any answers for people, but we have experiences. And if you write them down and you write them the way they happen, somebody can read that book and match them to theirs or get ideas or get thoughts on their own experiences and it'll help them. So that's why I did it. And I said, but you're coming with me. So the way we wrote it was kind of interesting. I would write a chapter and then I would send it to him. And just like a conversation, he would write immediately what he thought, what it sparked in his memory or his thoughts or a story. And he'd write it down and we, and we just printed it like that. I didn't change anything he said. He didn't change anything I said. It was just very organic. And it's kind of, he's a funny guy. So it's kind of a little color commentary throughout. It's kind of interesting the way we did it. But uh, within that book is, you know, uh, the thing I saw on the road with my mom in the Dismal Swamp in Virginia when I was like 11, that Mm -hmm. uh, it was like you could say it was a shapeshifter. You could say it was maybe um, one of these creatures that have come from the other, you know, from another dimension and just kind of showed up like, can you imagine (laughs) being in another dimension in your screen? You just kind of fall on a, a, a portal or rip in you know, whatever you want to call it and show up. And the next thing you're on a highway and just bam, get hit by a car or something. That's crazy. Right. But it, these things happen, you know, where do cryptids come where, you know, we don't know. There's so many different things uh, that happen that we just can't explain. And I really do think that there's plenty of dimensional, more intelligent ones that can cross over and leave. I, I, have a running theory that Bigfoot's like that, you know, can come in and out and some stay and some don't, some so, go back and forth. Would you say that ghosts are in the in-between? I think there are things stuck in the in-between, um, but I don't think ghosts are. I think that's a whole different thing. I think that when people pass, sometimes they are stuck in the in-between and haven't become ghosts yet or come in and out. Um, because I think if they could get out, they'd never go back in. Now, when you say in-between, are you talking about in-between dimensions or, or in-between, like, 
the spirit world and our world? I think it's both. I think there's a spot, and I've got many reasons to be thinking this, but um, I had a ghost come back, and it was myself and somebody else, and we were trying to communicate with, with something else, and one came in to help, which happens often. And we were trying to talk to that one to get through to the other one that we were trying to help. This one didn't need any help. They were a visit, uh, a visit, uh, a spirit, you know, coming back. We had already crossed over. And she was coming in. She was very full of energy and everything. And we were saying, well, this guy needs to talk to, you know, I'll just say Bob. Okay. He's, he needs to talk to Bob. And she said, oh, I can go get him. He's, he's down a couple levels. And right away, when she, the way she said it, I can go down and get him. He's down a couple levels. I'm like, what does that mean? And I'm like, holy, you know. She said, I said, oh, my God, don't go into hell to get the guy. <laughs> and I started laughing. I'm like, no, 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 no. We don't need to be drastic like that. Because the way she said it, that's what I was thinking. Because we, we're all taught that hell is below and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, which I really don't think think it's as um as uh, literal as that okay i've come to learn a couple things along the way and i think my theory is that it's very much like we were talking earlier about lower vibrational things are lower and higher vibrational things are ascending a little bit do you see what i mean as far as vibrations you vibrate low and you ascend high oh that, yeah, that kind of makes sense it makes sense. And that's how she explained it. She didn't get into a lot of detail. But she goes, oh, no, no, no. And she's almost like she was laughing. Like I said, this this spirit was full of energy. And she's just got, oh, no, he's just lower than me. I, it's no problem. I'll be right back. You know, it's like, okay. You know, and she went and got Bob, brought him up. And he was, and his energy was lower. It was like he spoke slower. And his whole, when he showed up, everything kind of dropped in the room a little bit, you know. It made sense. So based on experiences like that and theories that go with it, I would say that it's kind of both. I think it is, there's an in-between. And what I mean by in-between, I had a friend who was very into, um, I'm more of a Native American Christian Red Road kind of person, you know, more spiritual in that base, because all of that has a lot core of it is all very the same, but it's also the same. A lot of pagan things and Wicca and things like that. A lot of these things are very misunderstood. It's about the person who's practicing what their intent is and where their core beliefs are too, you know, yeah. so it's nature based and energy based and, you know, things like that. So she was, uh, a practicing, uh, Actually, she was a descendant of Madame Laveau, um, who was a voodoo priestess, basically very famous in, in New Orleans. She uh, So she practiced a little of that, a little pagan, um, some so a little Wicca, and a little Native American stuff. And uh, we were working on a thing. You know, to talk about a crazy story, you'll never believe this one. And I was there, and, and I have a problem believing it. But um, she... <laughs> tell you how many levels this thing has she had anyway she had a husband um that she believed she had been through many lives with and they could never get it right they were always battling you know one day you know some one time they were brothers and, and 
this has opened up a whole other can of worms. If you believe in reincarnation or not, I do. I have more proof for it than against it, so I'm going to sit there for now. But um, anyway, they had to keep repeating lifetimes, so they kept getting these things right. And apparently, according to her, they had been through many. So her and I and a, and a couple other people that she had there, we were trying to help this other individual who had um, basically um, had a curse on her. And it was um, a, a bloodline curse. It, it basically followed throughout bloodlines of her ancestors. I know, another subject. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm here. What the reason I was there to do basically with sage and other things and, you know, and turkey feathers and everything. I was to keep everything on the outside out and what was inside in. And that was my job and another person's job to keep everything copacetic so she could do what she needed to do within it. And after this was over and I watched everything that went on with um, the young woman, um, it was horrific what she went through. But when she came up, she, her whole personality was different. She, um, wow, she looked like she'd been through the ringer, but her voice was different, um, very kind, whereas before she had been extremely erratic and just short and very gruff. And uh, anyway, at the end of that night, we're sitting around and you know, kind of drained and just trying to get her energy back and everything. And she's telling me about this, her, her husband. And how he had passed, and uh, he had actually uh, chased her around the house with a uh, an axe and cut off half of her foot. She's showing me her foot, and I'm thinking, okay, that's horrible. And she says, I'm, you know, I, I'm glad I don't have to go through another lifetime with him. And I'm like, okay, you know, I can understand that. And um, she said, uh, I made sure of that. And I'm like, okay, how? She goes, he's in the unsealy fay, and he's not getting out. And I'm like, what do you mean? She says, well, you, you know, the in-between, you know, you, you, a lot of religions call it purgatory. And she said, but purgatory is kind of more of a punishing name to put on something like you're bad. You'll be stuck in purgatory. That kind of connotation that's got that kind of edge to it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, she said, but, you know, it can be that way, but you kind of put yourself there. I'm like, OK, that makes sense. You know, like a ghost that gets stuck, I guess, you know, she said, um, but he's there. And I'm like, well, that's kind of awful, man. You know, shouldn't he move on? She goes, well, if he moves on or, you know, we're going to go through this again. Our souls will be. And I'm like, okay, I get it. None of my business. I didn't move. You know, I'm out of this. I'm going home. So about two, three weeks later, um, we had to go back. The woman had to go through another thing and I'm there. I'm just, I'm just here for the good stuff, man. I'm buying <laughs> my own business. And she, she had, Basically, well, like I said, she had told me about the thing. Well, meanwhile, I got this phone, and it's got a voicemail. This one, flip phones were just coming out. And I'm getting these voicemails, and they're coming in, like, real far away sounding. <laughs> this is sounding so crazy, but it's true. And it's And they're so bad, and the energy that I'm getting off of these are just not good. But it's weird. It's like, it's so cold. It's so cold. Tell her to get get me out. Get me out. It's so cold. It's so dark. Click off. And I was getting like four and five of these. 
And I'm like, what in the world? Well, I start putting it together. And it's just repeating the same thing. Sometimes it would just be it's so cold, tell her, tell her, tell her, tell her. And then it would be a little bit more to be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it's so cold, and then click. And I just like multiple. I must have had about 18 of these in two weeks. And it's creepy. It's just creepy in a way, you know. So I go there, and we're doing this other thing, and I started thinking about it. I had my phone in my pocket. I pulled it out because it rang for something. And then I thought it clicked in my head, and I was like, oh, man. And I said, hey, man, listen to this. Does that sound familiar to you? She's like, and she, without missing a beat, she looks at me and goes, you tell him I'm not getting him out. He's staying right where he is. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm stuck in the middle of something I don't want to be in the middle of, you know? Yeah. This went on, and I said, he's contacting me because he knows I have compassion for any spirit or ghost or, you know, human essence that's stuck anywhere. And he knows I'm going to work on you until you try to get him out. And I said, that's why it's happening. He's connected to that energy and he's going to keep doing this until she's, and we, we went back and forth, back and forth. I said, it's none of my business, but that's a human being, man. You know, you got to get him out. So she went in and got him. And, uh, <laughs> I don't even want to tell your listeners what she did, but uh, what she, well, you got to what she did. <laughs> she did. She got him out of the unseely fae, but she uh, she gave him a choice. Um, she bound him and she put him in a box and threw him in the river. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Doesn't that sound strange? But I, I I was there. I mean, I didn't know I was there for you know I was there for something else, but. Uh, me and four other people watched her go in. She went in. She reached in. I've got pictures of it. You can see her whole top of her body just disappeared, and then she was gone. And then she comes back out, and she's got this bottle. And then she said that she gave him a choice because she did not want to go around another lifetime with him. And that's like way out of my league, you know. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I don't understand. But I know enough to go, uh, I see what I'm seeing. I don't understand all of it. But I've known many of people that have gone in the Unseelie Fae or the in-between and helped people out and cross into the light. And I have know several people that I trust and been there in different ways. And I think that's an awful thing for somebody to be stuck in that darkness. I've known mediums and remote viewers and people that have gone in to help my, a couple of my loved ones, personal cases that I say, you got to go in and tell them, man, we got to get him unconfused. He's got to get past the angry. We got to cross him. And that's, I'm not stopping till he's crossed and he makes the conscious decision to walk into that light. And I will not give up until it happens. And they stuck with me. It's just, it's crazy. But you see in like, if you think about it, it's not a game, you know, and, 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 you know, like you could, it's like, again, like I said, you mentioned the Ouija board earlier, it's your intent, you know, to what she had going on with her, her husband, I wouldn't want to go around again to get my foot cut off again or have some other kind of fight. I mean, I believe that we have soul families and we can go through several lifetimes with them until we learn, learn from each other through experiences and, and things like that. I do believe we have that soul family. Um, and then free will, you can choose not to come back and do it. 
or you can choose to um, stay where you are. You're cool with the level you're on. You don't need to ascend higher or learn more. I think you have a free will. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, it's possible that we are our kid's kid, right? Oh, yeah, and multiple. I mean, how many, you know, stories have you heard about three-year-olds that, you know, can tell you about, you know, uh, falling in a plane, you know, dying in a plane crash in World War II and describe the inside and, and where they were and what was going on and who they were fighting when you look up and find out that the guy really existed and his plane did go down. You know, uh, reincarnation uh, stories. I absolutely believe in that. But my thing is this. It's not up to us whether you're a homeowner and, you know, Sally died in the bed upstairs, you know, 100 years ago. And isn't she cute? And we bought her a doll. I think that's that's great because that person is trying to find a way to live with the situation they're in. But what about the ghost? Does the ghost have a choice here? I had, um, you know what I mean? It's a compassion, and I yeah, think it now, stems back. You talk about, let me, i got to interrupt you. You talked about reincarnation for a second. Do you think that reincarnation can happen to a ghost that's stuck, or does he have to be unstuck to reincarnate? It's a good question. Um, I don't know, because I've heard of um, something that's just fascinating to me, and I'm trying to learn about it fragmented souls where okay imagine an ocean okay? okay and you take a bucket and you take a bucket of the water out of the ocean and then you take a handful of that water out of the bucket and you splash it in different directions is the water droplets that you splashed from the bucket that came out of the ocean any less a part of that ocean or is it just in a different form now and how much is it of a part of that ocean is it still? <laughs> Think of souls that way. Are we all part of one big energy? You know, all those things that you hear is like we're all really one. We're all part. I am in at the the closer I get, and the more I study this, I'm really starting to believe that. So what if you take one of those droplets and you cut it in half? Is still part of that soul. Is still part of all the lifetimes and all the things that 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 soul has been through. Yet that one piece has a choice. So could one person, a fragmented soul, be partly here and part over there? I've heard those cases. Yes. Um, I don't know that it would reincarnate, reincarnate as a fragment. I don't know. That's way out of my league. I wouldn't even venture a guess on that. So you but, think that the soul can be split into different pieces? I think it's possible, yeah. Oh, that's 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 scary to think about. Well, if you if you do, but if you think about it in, in, in as far as the ocean thing, um, okay, look at it this way: something a little less scary. Um, okay, if if you're born again. I'm no expert, and if you got a reincarnation therapist or somebody in to explain this, um, yeah, we, we have, we, we... yeah, much better job than I could ever do. But if you think about it, when you're born, if this is true, okay, and you're born and you forget everything your soul's been through before, because it's you know what a cheat that would be if you had all those memories, right? You're going to come through, if you're coming in here to learn, um, you learn better on a clean slate, right? So you come through and you go through all your life experiences and then you pass and your soul goes over and say, you know, nothing happens. You go right through the light and down the, you know, whatever the runway is and boom, into your whatever's on the other side. 
And then you get there and you get all the memories back. Okay? Through all the lifetime. Okay, well, in that lifetime, I learned how not to be a jerk. And, you know, um, you know, I've, uh, I was killed, so I, I know what, you know, the loss is and what it feels like for pain. I've learned so many things through all these lifetimes. Now you're in this, whatever this ascended being that your soul's gone to, and you can understand it all better. You know, maybe that's why they can't tell us anything when they come back. Because I'm telling you, when they come back and they're trying to help. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Help us get another one over or something like that. They won't tell you everything. You know, um, all those things where... We're, we're told we're judged and, um, you know, some, you know, being comes in and judges us and says, you were terrible and this was awful. You did this and you're bad, bad, bad. I don't think that happens. I think we judge ourselves. Yeah. You know, I, I, I said the same thing. I think it was a, an episode or two ago that I think, no, who, who's better to judge us than ourselves? Right. You know, I had no idea I had that effect on that person. I should have never done that. Look at the pain they went through. I think we have to feel the pain we caused and probably feel the 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 happiness we we're a part of, too. Another great uh, movie. Uh, actually, the book is even better. It's called Five People We Meet in Heaven. And when the, when he passes, um, he goes through and he meets all these people and he's looking at these people and go wait, I don't even remember you. Oh, hold on a minute. And then his memory is sparked. And he had like five minutes with this person or 10 minutes. It made such an impact on that person that that person had to come back and tell him that, you know, you changed everything for me. You were kind, you were this, you gave me, you know, and, and we realize how much, um, our life means, uh, to others and how good it can be and how bad it can be as well. Um, I know a gentleman that's died three times and, uh, I mean, clinically dead, you know, crossed over, had his near death experience or whatever. And, um, each time he has gone through that self judgment thing, he looked back and he had been in war and he had been a combat soldier. And, you know, you think that you would, you know, the, the things that he would regret doing, um, you're taking another life and stuff like that. And that did absolutely have an impact on him because he had to go through what he had to feel what that person went through because he caused it. And um, even though he was a soldier and he had to go through that pain, but he said the worst thing um, that he ever went through was uh, one night he was going to a party and he was in a hurry and he hit a dog and he had a split second where he could have gone back and helped that dog or he could have kept going. And he talked himself into not going back. 
and the pain that dog went through. But he, he caused that. He said that was the hardest thing. And I was like, that made such an impact on me. And after the third time, he still kept going. You know, he's like, he still wasn't living his life right, being a decent human being. And the third time, it was a total different experience to me, to him. And he was like, let me tell you something. You experience everything, every, you know, every fight, every hug, every kiss, every, everything, every time you stub your toe, every time you cause somebody to stub your toe, you know, that, their toe. And he says, now he goes around and hugs everybody. And he, and, and when they laugh at him and go, man, you're just a hugger. You hug him. He goes, I'm not hugging you. I'm hugging me because when I die again, I'm going to need those hugs on the other side. I'm going to go this time when I go through that, I'm going to get a lot of hugs back. That makes the most beautiful sense to me. So you're saying every time we stub our toe, we're going to experience it again in the afterlife. I think more every time we cause somebody else to be harmed. I think Uh. we go through that more. I don't want to. I've stubbed my toe a lot. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's yeah. just the words I chose to. I mean, but but it, think about that. Now he hugs everybody and hugs a lot because he's hugging himself. When he gets over there, he's going to get those hugs back and experience that joy. I think that's an awesome way to look at life. I mean, if all this is true, that's why my book is called We Are All Children in the Wilderness of the Afterlife, because the afterlife is kind of the last frontier. You know, you can say it's Antarctica or you can say it's space or is it really? Because nobody really knows what happens when you go over there. And is it is it similar for everybody or is it a little a lot you, you know, and a little bit of whatever happens to our energy, you know, because, um, you know, you think of a water bottle. Okay, there's this water in this bottle. I can beat this bottle up and everything else. The water inside is just fine. You can beat the bottle till the water comes out. The water's on the ground. And eventually, if it's, you know, in the sun, it's going to dissipate, change into vapor and go off into the ether, you know. Yeah. It's still there. And I think that's a little bit about what we are. And then the the ghosts that I've had um, the opportunity to speak with – like I said, my first experience was that one soldier. Eventually, we found out that, you know, when we saw the uniform be able to put it together, he was a Revolutionary War soldier. And I think he was hidden in that house. We found a hidden room in that house. And um, Are you talking about Gettysburg? Or? No, no, no. This was in uh, New Jersey in, uh, during the Revolutionary War. Out, out, a lot of battles happened out where we lived. Okay. And I think that they probably hid him. That was the feeling I was getting anyway. He was scared. He didn't want to be found, you know. And then he he woke up, didn't know where he was or whatever you want to call it, and was trying to get help. And I carried that with me all my life. I couldn't help that ghost, you know. Um, I still wonder where he is. The house is now destroyed. It's, it's, it's development now. And I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to go and knock on the doors and go, Hey, y'all got any ghosts here? You got any cabins, any knockings going on? Because I don't know if he's still there. I hope he got rescued or got help, you know, kindness or, or, or whatever. Maybe his spirit guides finally came and got him. Maybe some, a loved one. Um, you know, I don't know. But I've been trying to help them ever since. And I look at them as, you know, these are human beings. If it was somebody I cared about that was stuck here or stuck in another plane, I would do everything I could in my power to help them, you know. And that's what I've been trying to do. Um, my experiences just just are just like anybody's experiences through anything. 
more experience that you have, the more you learn. This is just happens to be a subject that we can't quite put our finger on that answer. And the wilderness of the afterlife, it means like, you know, we're children. Does it mean we're at the age of children? No, the innocence, the not knowing, because that's kind of what we are. And um, like I said, you know, uh, how not to be a ghost, you know, let all that stuff go. Let all your earthly burdens go. Don't leave any regrets if you can. You know, you, you love somebody, you had a fight with somebody, a friend or a family member. Let them know, man, that you care. Get it out now. Because that seems to be the message that the dead are dying to tell us. You know, live your life. Be the best person you can be. What you do counts, you know. Yeah. And, and it affects others. And it definitely affects you. You know, don't you don't want to get stuck in that mess, you know. And uh, people are given abilities here. I think we all have an intuition. We all have that gut instinct. I think we talk ourselves out of it, you know, yeah. and I know some great people that have really exercised theirs to the, just wondrous abilities. And I think we're really seeing a lot coming around in the paranormal now where a lot of the hearts coming back into it. You know, we've seemed to meld the tech and, uh, you know, all of the information. We're starting to get so much of it now. And then now we're starting to put the heart back into it, the sensitivity and the feeling and the intuition and the abilities and stuff in it too, and combining all of it. And I think, um, it's a really great time to, um, be in this, you know, I've seen 50 years. I've seen it change. I've seen it go from nobody wants to talk about it to nobody can stop talking about it. So what about shadow people? Do you think that those are ghosts? I think some of them are. Yes. I think some of them are dimensional beings. I think some of them have, have an agenda. I think that some of them, um, of the ones that with the agenda are absolutely, um, evil based to the point where they, like I mentioned on the battlefields, the ones that were like what I call energy vampires, uh-huh. they suck your energy, you know, from, uh, um, your fear, um, and things like that. And some of them are calculating enough to make you hurt yourself and do things that you wouldn't want to do. And just, you know, um, almost like you would almost like a demonic kind of thing that you would think like that. But I think there's other things out there. Everybody keeps saying demonic. I think there's many things out there that aren't demons, but are ancient and have been here before we ever got here and probably be here after. There's so many, um, different things out there. And you know, the, either they're, either they're a human being that is stuck or doing whatever, or it's something that's here for something else. Because if you think about it, you know, everything lives off of something. And something that lives on somebody else's um, fear energy and adrenaline and things like that, that can't be a good thing because it's got to hurt something to live, to exist. Yeah. And if it's been going around and doing that for centuries, you know, what chance do you have up against it? Your life force. So you got to go against it with good, you know, dark to light, you know, dark to light. Yeah. I mean, the, it makes the sense. The Great Awakening is coming, right? Yeah. 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 And I'm sorry. What do you think about our consciousness and the evolution of our consciousness? Do you think 
you think that has a lot to do with what's going on? Like, like are, are, are we going to be able to expand our consciousness into a, a different way of, of, of seeing things and being and, and you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a big question, but here's the thing. Um, it's very hard for people, some people, to see outside of their own square foot of real estate. Everybody's vantage point is, of course, how they see things and how it affects them, right? When you start reaching past that, okay, how can I make that person's day better? How can, how can I make that person's life better? That's reaching out. And there's plenty of people who do that. And there's plenty of people that actually get through their own fears and their own um, uh, depression or, 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 or whatever it might be by helping others. That's their life force. And I think those people are way ahead of the curve. But if everybody is going to be just, um, you know, how, you know, me, 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 and we're in that time of instant gratification and, um, you know, we stop, we stopped writing letters. We stopped talking eye to eye. Everything is text, everything. Then it started going from text to short text to shorthand to, you know, pretty soon. I think if we don't, if we're not careful, we're going to stop communicating, um, with sincerity. If you know what I mean, face, face to face. And that's pushing us back into that, you know, square foot of real estate. We might, we might cover it up because we have so many things at our hands that we can, you know, we can create any kind of world we want in one room, you know. But um, I think we need to get back outside, get into nature and connect back into the earth and the earth energy, um, like grounding. You know, I mean, a lot of people talk about grounding and meditation and things like that. Um, get, get, you know, get barefoot, go walk in the grass, go go feed some, you know, go watch the birds. The animals really got it down pat. If you notice something, the animals that are that are in the wild and, you know, in your own backyard, they've 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 changed everything they had to do to survive without trying without so much as really affecting us. They've um, conformed and um, changed and um, got smaller and smaller in their little spot. They're still out there existing. You know, the squirrels, the birds. I mean, today I had a chipmunk, a rabbit, three ducks, I don't know how many different kinds of birds, all eating together. They're chill, you know, and they're existing fine. And all this is going on around them, all this turmoil and everything else is going on around them. And they're just going on about their lives, chilling out, eating, you know, and and nothing's hurting them in the in the yard and in the woods behind me. They're They're good to go. But they're... But they've learned a kindness and to get along, even though they're so different. And I think we could learn a lot from that. So because is- we're really all kind of the same. You know, just like we said the go- with ghosts, they're really, they've got those human qualities. And then they add in their own characteristics. And that were, that's where we start to spin off. So what advice would you give somebody who is dying? Mm. That's a rough one. Um, I've had people die in front of me and I held their hands and I talked to them uh, more often than I'd like to admit. And I always tell them, you know, um, 
you're loved and you're cared about. And, you know, it's like that song. I know it sounds corny, but what was that song in the Titanic? My heart, you, you know, you're in my heart. My heart will go on. Yeah. It's the memory. It's the memory of that person is alive. And they're, they're you know, people a, hundred, a century ago would think about my legacy. What am I leaving behind? I'm, you know, leaving a son and my business and I'm leaving the business of my son and I've got my children and, you know, what I built. But really, your legacy is really who you were and what you did with the time you had here. Some people have very little time, you know, but, um, you know, I try to tell them, too, that, you know, you're going to be all right on the other side. And I think it's very interesting in most of the cases that I've, I've been involved with, with that was a couple of days before, or maybe hours before they start talking or they can see others coming to visit in the room. And everybody always says it's dementia. She's losing her mind. They're losing their mind. They're not seeing anything. And when I was a little kid, I was probably about six. And my grandpa was in the nursing home. And he had had a stroke. And uh, he was talking to people in the room. And everybody in the room, my, my mom and her sisters and, you know, my, my grandmother and everything was like, oh, it's sad. He's lost his mind. He's talking to people aren't there. And I'm this little six-year-old girl. And I'm like, yeah, they are. They're right there. He's talking to somebody in the room and they're here. You know, they've just come to help him over. Yeah. A friend, and, of, a friend of mine was dying and he, he was seeing his cat that, that had died years before. Mm-hmm. And animals come too. And uh, many people will tell you animals don't have a soul and animals don't cross like that and all that. That's a bunch of garbage. That's a bunch of garbage. I can tell you that it's much easier for them to cross because they don't have all these earthly burdens and all these things. So if, like I said, with the animals in the yard and thing, I said, no, it sounds so trite and so trivial in, in this, in this craziness that we're in right now and everything. But, you know, it, if we could think a little bit like that, just let go a little bit and go, you know what? Um, maybe they do have the answer because very rarely do I ever see an animal that, that, that's stuck and can't go back and forth. We had a cat not too long ago pass and he had a stroke and then like a mini stroke. And he, he, he wasn't real good with his, with his paw. He had had some arthritis and stuff. We did of course everything we could and, and uh, he was really uh, my husband's cat. And every night he would jump up on the bed and he would always curl in, the, in, in, his, in his legs that were bent, you know, in that little space there. And he did it every night. Well, he passed. And I had to take him because my husband couldn't do it. And I sat with him. I played music and we actually had a little candle and we held him. You know, my friend and I, we held him. We sang him over and he passed. Because he had had a stroke, there was nothing they could do, and he was in a lot of pain at that point in time. He couldn't even move. Well, I told him, I said, now you, you know, you go right over, don't stay for us. You know, we're going to be all right. And you know, I just talked matter of factly like that. So that night, um, I could always tell it was him and not one of the other cats when he jumped on a bed, not because it was just routine, but he did a step limp and then the, the back feet would come step limp and the back feet would come and it was just a different kind of stepping than just the strut of a cat so that night I'm there and I'm paying attention I was reading a book or something and all of a sudden I feel it and I thought it was one of the other cats coming up on the bed 
and I felt because I felt the regular strut of a cat who had all four paws working. And I turn and look, and there's nothing there. And I see the blankets just move just a little bit. And I said, okay, okay, tonight you can stay. I said, but I don't want you to stay back for us. I said, I'm glad you're better, baby. You already been there and crossed over and came back for us to make us feel better. Thank you for that. But you can't, you, you, you don't get to stay. You got to go back to where you're supposed to be. And it was just that kind of a thing. Yeah. Cats but, are, cats but, are pretty interesting animals. Well, they care about us. I mean, the dogs and cats and everything else. Grief, you know, when we have, you know, everybody grieves in different ways. But when somebody passes, um, they usually care more about us than, than, than themselves, especially pets. And they always come back and they worry about us, you know. And um, I just think that they, they're so much easier for them to go and it, it like they don't have all that earthly stuff holding them down but they'll come back because they know we're hurting and they want to make sure we're okay and i think that man that's beautiful you know and i think a lot of uh, people can do that too you hear multiple times where you know someone will they don't even know that their loved one or their friend or whatever has been in an accident or hurt and then they see that person comes often when they're asleep or right before sleep and just, I'm fine, I'm okay, I love you, and then poof, gone. And then they get the phone call that their loved one has passed. So many times. Yeah. And it's just part of this this wondrous subject from the paranormal to the supernatural to, you know, the, the un- uncanny and the unexplained. Um, it's just the big mystery of life and what's on the other side. And like I said, what the the dead seem to be dying to tell us is just – be the best you you can be, you know, it counts somewhere along the line, whether it's, you know, on ourself or just what we learned, um, how to get through struggles, how to, you know, how to get through the bad times as well as the good and what we do with it. It seems to be the thing. Yeah. And that's a good place for us to wrap it up. I suppose we're going to have to get you back on because I still have a ton of questions where sure. would, where would everybody find you? Okay, well, I have Journey Through the Gate Paranormal Portal podcast, and that's on YouTube. Hey, uh, definitely, please come in there and subscribe. It, it's a new channel. I just put it up recently, so we're just trying to get up there. Um, I've got all my episodes on there, so you can go through and you talk to people that know a lot more than I do. Because, <laughs> like I said, I'm st- after fifty years, I'm still learning. But uh, that's there. I'm on uh, Facebook on Paranormal. Uh, it's uh, Journey Through the Gate Paranormal Portal Podcast Gatekeepers. Make sure you get on the Gatekeepers one because that's where all the activity is. Um, the book is on Amazon. It's in Kindle and it's on uh, in paperback. Uh, it's fantastic. I had a fantastic artist do the cover. That's me on the cover with like people I've met behind me and you know uh, tried to help. Um, and the cat's in there too. He's up on the gate. So that's on Amazon. Um, I'm also on my second book. And this one um, is kind of funny. Um, Steve, Steve Stockton again, his birthday is Halloween. So last year for Halloween, he was doing on his podcast, which is 13 Past Midnight on YouTube. 
he was doing a lot of his stories, just narrating. So he'll narrate uh, stories that he's heard before. He does a lot of missing persons and things like that, but mostly ghost stories, young canning, cryptid, and just great urban legends. It's a fantastic channel. So he was doing a thing for Halloween, 31 days of uh, Halloween. So he was putting out a, a short podcast every day, and he was kind of getting a little daunted there by the second week. And I said, I'm going to give him a birthday present. I said, I'm going to write him a ghost story. So I wrote him a ghost story. And I like in 20 minutes, I wrote a ghost story on like a little bit of a past experience mixed in with just some fiction, you know, uh, had a good time doing it. And then I narrated it and I said it to him. I said, happy birthday. Here's an episode for you. Pop that up. And he loved it. And his listeners loved it. They said, man, these characters, I'd like to hear more of them. So he challenged me. He said, what if you wrote? Uh, story and with these characters it continue the the you know continue on with it but I want you to put in all every Halloween symbol and Halloween thing that you can throw in there and we joked about it and I said man like kind of like a Scooby-Doo episode or something with uh, you know just all this stuff you know bats and rats and black cats and just you know ghosts and cryptids and Bigfoot and Dogman and all kinds of stuff and you know what? It turned out pretty good because this is the weird thing that happened. I sat down and the first chapter, I probably wrote it in four hours. Um, when I narrated, narrated it because I did all the voices and everything else. I narrated it and I'm reading it and I'm going, did I write that? I had no intention for these characters to do it, do the things that they were doing. It was almost like the characters wrote this book it themselves. I'm not joking. And I, I really think that there was some spirits in the room that I got the characters from, or they were helping it along. Or in some and this cases, this book is your second book, or your your second one. And is that out yet? It's not out yet because we kind of did it backwards because. Steve, like I said, Steve was the one who challenged me and I sent the first chapter and he put it up on his channel and then I wrote the second one and again and again and again and now we're to six parts of it. And um, it's since it's narrated already, it's like an audio book. It's a novel. And uh, then now we're going to put it, take it and put it into a book. And then he's going to take it and he's going to write a screenplay. And he's got a couple of people that are interested in maybe making a movie out of it. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Well, again, yeah. we, we thank you very much for coming on. We certainly appreciate your time. Hope you have a oh, great night. It was a guess. And we didn't even, you know, like I said, didn't scratch the surface. Like, again, I said, I'm, I'm not an expert. I've got a couple. I've had, you know, multiple experiences, but. I'm still learning right along with everybody else. It's an amazing subject and it's just, uh, you know, just uh, do your best to try not to be a ghost, I guess. All right. <laughs> Sounds awesome. We'll be right back on Conflict Radio right after this. Welcome back to Conflict Radio. I hope you enjoyed our spooky showtime. We're going to try to get something put together for Halloween. We're going to um, look at maybe getting a few different guests to have on for a special Halloween show on ghosts and goblins and all kinds of scary Halloween stories that we can do on Halloween night. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Make sure to check out our website for the photo we are talking about in the podcast. You can find that at www.conflictradio.net. You can also find us on YouTube if you search the Conflict Radio Network. 
We're also available on iTunes, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, podcasts, all the normal podcast catchers. Until next time, batten down the hatches and be safe.